one of the most prolific publishers within the marginalized community was Jerris Madison. And he took his own photos. He set up his mm -hmm. own activations. He even laid out his own print issues. So it was like being a, a friend of his. Yeah, so Jerris and I, I actually can't remember exactly how we met, but I had known about Obvious Magazine and what he was doing with that. I had a couple of friends who were on the cover, who were featured, like that. And so I don't remember how we exactly met, but I did actually write for the publication a few times. Um, this had to be probably close to 10 years ago. And so Jerris really kind of gave me the opportunity to, you know, get my writing done and you know, he was so wholesome and welcoming with that. And, you know, we were able to even work together with Kiss and Tell and have him on a panel of him sharing his story. And I remember when he uh, actually told me that he was diagnosed with cancer and that they would have to potentially remove, you know, his leg because of that and ultimately did remove, you know, part of his leg and, you know, hoping that that would, you know, solve everything. And, you know, of course, cancer, you know, there's, I know several people who have had that that trajectory in life and you know it comes back and we never know so but it's, it's i'm happy that we were able to share so many great memories I, I remember visiting him when he was in recovering in new york he was on the upper east side he was like in a church and we ran around the city and took pictures and he wanted to shoot me in the central park and you know i could tell that he was kind of wanting to get back in the groove with himself because he was such a creative person and such a wholesome person and so and he's still with us today, just in a different way. And, you know, energy doesn't die, it transfers. And I believe that he's still here looking out over us. So, wow, that's awesome. I didn't know you guys worked so closely together in terms of you writing for the publication. What types of things were you writing for the publication? Oh, my goodness. I don't even remember. It was that long ago. Um, probably something along the lines of, you know, entertainment and just covering things. But, I mean, I'm grateful for him for that, just because that was my introduction really to writing you know i've used writing as a platform to i've worked for other publications hiv equal you know even wrote a book and so and now feature films and movies and so you know that was such a huge beginning to my writing career and i think so so i guess it's safe to say that you he inspire you to, absolutely yeah and do you know how many others did he inspire? Because he definitely inspired us at 360 and myself included. Oh my goodness, so many people. Gerald Stevens was also mutual friends of ours. Um, you know, he thought Milan Christopher, Jensen Smollett, all the people who are really in the industry who are like doing it big. And you know, everybody knew Jerris. You know, he was just such a wholesome person. And, you know, even when he did pass, I had so many people, you know, text me saying, like, wow, like my introduction to Jerris was through you, through you know, Kiss and Teller for up from Mommy's magazine. And, you know, even just as an indirect way that he was able to touch them and just have an influence on them. So he was just a natural and wasn't even trying about it. He was just a very like genuine, authentic person, like a sweetheart. And I know people that when people, most people pass like, oh, you know, he was this, but he actually really was that person and just like authentically genuine. I mean, another friend actually that shot the poster for um, our film Beyond Ed Buck was another friend, Dexter, um, that I met through him as well. So he just knew everybody, Jen, um, and it wasn't even, it was just everybody of all walks of life, black, white, gay, straight, men, women, trans women, like he just, it was, that was his group. How important do you think uh, um, what he was doing in the industry, how important do you think what, what he was doing, I guess, how important was it and what types of doors did it open? Because I feel like, the, um, for me, the publication was very, 
had a model vibe to it. It was like a marginalized model publication and it had like, um, he, he always constantly was in the forefront of, it was, it was almost like a, a printed version of top model, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always had like those uh, model searches all the way mm-hmm. back in the day through to, uh, Model Mayhem all the way to the present. He always had these prolific Ooh, covers. Model Mayhem. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. And then mm-hmm. he always had those beautiful um, covers. And I love this art direction and this creative direction. And I think people don't understand that those are things that you have to learn or and you have to have it. It has to be innate. You know, it has to be a talent. Yeah, of course. You know, and I feel like Jarrah, he was such a talented person. People don't realize, you know, how much talent it takes to understand not only how to take a picture, or, um, just how to do a campaign from conceptualization to actually execution. And so I feel like with Jarrah, he was able to do that so effortlessly, and it still baffles me today to the point where we're we're now um, we're now taking we're following his footprints, and a lot of us are doing covers and doing photo shoots. We've always done um, shoots before, but it's just in the, now we're more hands on. We're using our own equipment. We understand mm-hmm. the importance of a skeleton crew, and I understood. I definitely understood what Jarvis was doing from when he started his publication. When I saw it, I was like, whoa. And I remember he was with Crave as well, another magazine publication. Yeah, of course. Yeah, with a guy named yeah. Will. And mm-hmm. Will, and yeah, and, and, I, and I remember he branched off and he was like, I'm coming to LA or something, but I didn't really know him. But um, how important do you think what he was doing that was, uh, how important do you think, you know, I guess the footprints that he laid were important to the marginalized mm-hmm. media community. Yeah, I mean, I think that at the time, I think now we're living in a different era where queer people are more accepted and mainstream. You know, at that time, there really wasn't a space for that level of professionalism. There was a lot of space, I should say, of that level of professionalism that were out there when it came to just Black queer people. Obvious Magazine was so inclusive. It was a lifestyle magazine. And, you know, the people who were on the cover were people who wouldn't get opportunities on, you know, Vogue and, you know, GQ magazine at that time. That was something that was that was unheard of. And, you know, now it's it's a different time now in 2023. But 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like that wasn't a thing. And, you know, Jairus is really just adamant on being inclusive and also telling a story, too. Like we get we love the beautiful pictures and the fab models. But obviously, was also a space to have like really conscious conversations as well, which was also a really unheard of back then. And so it really did open, a, it was a really a blueprint for a lot of media that exists now and gave opportunity for people, including myself, to have conversations on a professional level um, that weren't, that were just authentic, that were fun, that were meaningful, um, that were relatable, um, and that were just good content. What was one of your most favorite moments with Jairus? <laughs> um, let me see. Honestly, I feel a little emotional right now. It was the first time I saw him after his surgery. Like I said, he was living in New York and I had flown, I was at the time I was living in LA and I flew out to New York and me and his other friend Raven went to go visit him. I could tell that he was a little bit down and out about, you know, losing a limb. But he was always, he was in such great spirit. And just to see the tenacity of someone who was going through all those things and like pushing them through a wheelchair, through, you know, Fifth Avenue to Central Park, 
and just having just like a great authentic day no matter what the circumstances was he was he would never be like he would say like you know this is hard for me but his energy was always upbeat and it was always in it was always positive and so I would, that day sticks out to me specifically there are other great moments like you know birthday parties that were celebrated you know things that we did even me visiting his house in West Hollywood we moved out here and it's just cutting up and having a good time but that that particular one sticks out to me the most just because I didn't really know what I was walking into just because something someone that goes through something that life-altering you know you don't know how they're how they're going to be and he was such a light through it all and so um, I thank him for just reminding me that life is really precious and you have to accept every single moment of it to the best. Wow yeah he really did that for a lot of people and I, um, my first involvement with him, or my first encounter was, it was a long time ago where I had, in person, my first in-person encounter, rather. It was about eight or nine years ago when we did LA Men's Fashion Week downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And we had an activation. He came and I was like, I remember this, I remember his name. I remember Obvious. Yeah. And I just remember, I remember um, we did this real fun thing as a media sponsor. We had this table. So as you walked in, you you know, you showed your little media pass, whatever, to come into the, the um, to come into the fashion show and basically we stopped we kind of like we were in a meet and greet table and we had like mm-hmm. magazines and I was there and I had a little blazer on and I was you know being my professional version of myself yeah <laughs> <laughs> my sneakers on and um in a blazer and Jairus was like whoa and then I was talking to him and he'd never seen a 360 in person or something and we were talking and then we have we had Brian Perry a hair editor at the time we had a, a former icon and uh tattoo artist named Baba X and Baba was doing these tattoos and Brian was putting his hair chalk. They were doing like these mini makeovers. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in order for me to really to get you into the mood, I would give people shots by one of our sponsors and then I'll make you a cocktail. And Jairus was like, I really don't drink, but I don't uh-huh. okay, okay, okay. So he just had a drink and he had another drink and another drink. He's like, are those real tattoos? I was like, yeah, we're doing real tattoos. It was a courtesy, first come, first serve. And Jairus was like, he kept looking and everybody was like, oh my God, oh my God. And so he was like, this is, this is so bomb. I've never seen this happen before the activation. So oh Jairus ended up getting some kind of floral tattoo, some kind of tattoo with colors. We, mm-hmm. Mind you, we told everybody, only single color tattoos or just do black tattoos so we can get, you know, quarter size. Jared's tattoo was like, you know, two, like double the size or something. And I was right. like, forget it. I was like, forget it. And then we pushed my head in the line and whatever, because we were running out of time. And then the tattoo artist was like, no, it's okay. We'll do them. So he he did the tattoo. And it was just like, you know, we, we popped his tattoo, you know, we popped his cherry in terms of being a tattoo version. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it was oh, really a, cool. That's a fun story. And that's just funny. Even when you were mimicking him, I could hear him saying that his voice because that's definitely how he was. So that's such a beautiful yeah. memory. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and we're both from Detroit. So, yeah, I remember that, um, you know, the magazine publishing world, you get sucked up into it. It's not that we don't want to work with each other or part of each other. It's that we get sucked up into this world. It's like, you know, there's so many different divisions of a lifestyle publication people don't understand. So you get sucked into travel, sucked into auto, sucked into food, mm-hmm. sucked into fashion, sucked into design. Now we're doing eco-friendly designs. It's just a lot of, you know, upcycling, all this stuff. And then um, Bajeris, one thing he said to me, he was like, I, he, he, he said, and he also said in a recent interview that we did with him, because mm-hmm. of what I just stated is that I feel like I've always wanted to make a bridge with other um, marginalized publications that were doing something. And I felt like what he was doing was so similar in type to what we're doing. And then he was saying he agreed. And he, and he was saying, I said, your approach is more hands-on as a model and you're the photographer. And he was like, yes, yes. And it's still lifestyle of the, of the talent. And I said, yes, and it's so cool. And then we, our approach, 
were was uh you know it's just more of the same energy very uk yeah. and he said that recently he loved the fact that um he was a fan of our publications and i thought that was so cool on in the recent podcast we do with him and um i was just really like i didn't really understand the magnitude of that until you start to write your own content create you know from yeah. you know, create your own content do your own layouts um that's a whole nother level and also it makes you a very it makes you a powerhouse so to speak of course you know you mm -hmm. burn the candle at both both ends sometimes yeah. but at the same time you protect yourself you protect your investment as a person that's you know investing themselves as an entrepreneur um because no one can tear your publication apart right because you because he's shooting his own content he writes his own stuff he also lays it out he puts it up he owns the files that's one thing i really admired about him and i was telling him about i wish we would do more things and all of a sudden i was like i want we want to interview you he was like for real when mm -hmm. i was like yeah, yeah. i said like, you're inspiration because you're like you know, if all the amputees are talking to you, you created this circle, you have this new division of like, you know, discussing and having a conversation with people who are amputees and disabled for whatever reason. And he took these most beautiful pictures of himself and everyone that he was around him. And I know there's a young lady that was an amputee as well. And he mm -hmm. said that um, that he loved her. And then he left a message on his, his Instagram and said she passed away or something. And I immediately mm -hmm. went to his box and said, stay strong. Hope you're okay. And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just can't believe it, man. I just And I was like, I know I just saw you post about her. And that's the reason why we wanted to do something on you because you move like water and you're fluid no matter what. Yeah. Chairs never stops. You know, before being, being becoming an amputee to after becoming an amputee, he always figured out ways on how to keep it going. And I think that's the, the resilience and the brilliance of where we're from from Detroit you know being from a, yeah. a town that's so small but large with that's now experiencing a regrowth I told him about that and I also talked about his mother and how I liked the way he was redoing his mom's house and he mm -hmm. shared that with everybody his stories how he's redoing her floor mm -hmm. um, doing her kitchen or something and then um and I was going to ask you do you have did you, have you ever spoken to his mom or have you reached out to her or vice versa no I have not I wasn't, she would always spoke about his mother, um, but I did not know her personally. Um, I know they, he would talk about we're going on vacation together. So they would go to all types of islands and whatnot together. Um, but I actually never got the honor of meeting her personally. No, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I know I was like, I guess, you know, he was very, I like, what I liked about him too, he was very uh, private, very private mm -hmm. person. And I respected that and I love that about him. Are there, any times that you felt that he should have, are there times you, you felt that he broke a barrier, that he should have gotten more recognition? Absolutely. I think that he, well, first of all, I mean, the Obvious Magazine, and I also want to give you your roses too with 360, because, you know, I definitely respect your work and your hustle and what you've done with that magazine and staying consistent. I know it's not an easy industry at all. Um, so I want to give you your roses as well. As well. But yeah, I think that the magazine, but also, you know, his walk of life as amputee. I mean, I've never seen anybody have those high fashion amputee legs. I mean, he loved a good prosthetic with all types of crazy designs and whatnot. And he would use, you know, his story to influence people. We did a panel discussion together out here in Los Angeles, and he was one of the panelists. And he just really, like, used that opportunity to just have authentic genuine conversations about what his life looked like now and you know not using it as a, a crutch or anything like that but just just kind of being an advocate for people and for anybody really who has gone through something that uh, traumatic and you can overcome anything and so and I think that that part too but do, and doing it with high fashion too I mean 
there was it was never a woe is me moment with him. It was like, okay, this is what it is. Well, guess what? I'm still going to be Jairus. I'm going to put this this tribal design tattoo. I got custom, not cut tattoo, uh, amputee leg on me. And I'm still going to be the high fashion uh, person out there and still live my best life. And so I think that, you know, just, you know, it's not only, you know, about, you know, surgery or losing a leg or prosthetics. I think it's more about just the, the tenacity that he had and the energy that he had. Like I said, he would vocalize, you know, at least to me, that, you know, it was difficult for him to go through that. But he would never let that be known publicly. And he was like, you know, if this is my life now, it's going to look like this. And I'm still me. 